Good morning, everyone. Again, I don't know when you're getting this. It might be afternoon. It might be night by the time you get this. Um, I'm looking out right now. It's morning here for me and 8.23am. I'm looking up towards a rooftop. There are blue skies, but I'm looking at this rooftop and there's a little bit of frost on there. White frost right now. Oh, and someone was mentioning the frost last night. It's all kind of like cozy, like closer to where I am. But the further I go, it's looking frosty right up at the topmost roof across the way. Like one, two, three, yeah, four roofs away. Wow, that's interesting. Mmm, very frosty over there. But it's beautiful because the sun is just shining down on it and it's this kind of like... I didn't know, sort of, I want to say pinky, orangey kind of colour, you know, that way. It's almost like a sunset colour, but it's obviously the sun is coming up. The sun is shining at the top of one of these little um, chimneys, trumpety chimney, rooftop things <laughs> with a seagull getting all that light as well, looking around, seeing what's going on for the day, just sitting down and enjoying its space there, surveying the location. It's a lovely day, it's a lovely morning, so good morning, good afternoon, though, if you're getting this in the afternoon time, good. Evening, I've got things all around there, goodness gracious, this, um, room that I'm in is just, or that I was in, is just absolutely something else. I'm going to have to take a photo of this frosty covered roof because it's just like, it's one of these like real firsts of the year. Okay, actually one that's about two along is frosty as well. And the third and the fourth. But yeah, the closest one to us isn't it. It's just clear. It just must be like a lot of warmth over where we are. I find that interesting. That in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take a photo there. Oh, is it? Okay, so just God willing, having a relaxing day um, and morning. I think it's got to be a restful one. It's been so busy recently. Um, I felt very cold to head to Glasgow <clears throat> last night. And I'm so glad I did. It was great to join in the Mass. And it was lovely, actually, after the Mass, we all spent time together. Okay, sure, some of us have got some interesting points where, well, you know, some people just maybe, we all at times need to enter into more of the rest of Christ and you know, 
and it kind of reminded me of that, but it was lovely overall. It was lovely. And I'm so thankful, so grateful for that. Of course, me, my presence was um, the the offering, the gift there. I was called to do that by God and I, I did. Um, and I would be happy with that both ways. Um, but the church also put on like lots of lovely bits and pieces for us all as well. And we had tea and uh, cake and and all sorts it was just absolutely beautiful the tea was lovely the cake was so fluffy and just nurturingly sweet but not overly you know I mean it was just perfect and most importantly the presence of the people there I would say um was really great because we were getting into discussions about things, opening up um, wisdom. I suppose that's something, you know, I facilitate. And I also facilitate like that balance of calm, like in amongst the wisdom and things like that with the presence of Christ, which is just that like, okay, rest. It's a nice balance. And yeah we talked about so many different things and I suppose this is something that I really have to talk about right now as I go to put on the kettle very carefully with this recording device I know what it can sound like sometimes um and there's lots of different noises going on so I'm very aware of that anyway I have to keep this real and do this in this way so let's get back to this so a big thing that's coming up today is that of the people's rights and duty um now that we know more about the vaccination process and some of the things going on there with that I know I explained this this is like the only viral thing really that I've given any attention to ever in my life really in this way and I think you all notice it but is it just that you're all noticing it because I'm noticing it in this way do you understand how quickly every other like viral thing that went on just seemed to kind of like go past? That's what it did in my mind in my life and that's what it did in reality. This one I chose to listen a little bit more to and I did some work on it. I did speak about it quite a bit. Before I realised about the vaccine, you know, I talked about I did, I talked about both aspects, about putting God first and also those that, you know, weren't quite in that, in that level or that frame or that were called to God, but were also called to medical sort of science as well, that they indeed could go ahead and be a part of this vaccination process. In fact, I said it, it might be a good idea if you are called, but 
that was before we found out about how the vaccine was produced and before we looked into it a lot more. When I say we, I mean me, I mean other people of the faith as well as a collective group. And now we have a lot more information. Of course, the Vatican looked at this information too. We all did together because we all gained more um, information. But it's not for any one of us to decide or to say, well, the Vatican or um, Vicky or Elizabeth, you know, Vicky Elizabeth or Pope Francis or um, Father Mark or, uh, you know, that they know this exact amount and this came out of their mouth. Because quite often what we're doing is we have got our own spiritual understanding of what each of us um, knows about this vaccine process and what each of us is called uniquely to in God to deliver in terms of communication on it for whatever God's reasoning is. Um, so we need to bear that in mind as well. In any case, we talked last night about how it was good that some people are having in-depth conversations as well, as in-depth as they can about it with each other. But what I was really upset to hear about was that some people were bringing up the, the entire sort of thing with other people and then they're reporting back that people have been you know somewhat rude to them with regards to the vaccine process and I know that's with their because of their own unique as I said role thoughts things like that and perhaps you know that's somewhat of their own conscience speaking back to them. I don't know, maybe. Maybe it is just an outside thing that's completely separate. Um, but people are getting others speaking back to them saying, you know, it's... Um, I don't know, just like, you know, apparently someone calling them names, stuff like that. Or just being rude in general. Right. There are many different reasons, but the first um, reason that people are feeling is, is that, okay, well, God comes first, not science, which is true. Um, and the other is, obviously, the commandments of God. And the first is to love God, right? With all our hearts, our body, our soul, our mind, we have to love God entirely. Now, when we love God, we love God's creation, don't we? And this links in to the next one, and especially those of the innocents, and this is where we're gonna to get to it, because the innocents haven't done anything towards us to even merit any kind of form of problem with this love, which is then commanded um, as something that we take out with, and um, that of just the spiritual nature of, you know, um, loving God in that spiritual way but loving um, our neighbour, our other people round about. So it's very easy for people of faith to feel this level of love for that spiritual being. And 
and also um not just a spiritual being but little children that come into the world clearly right and they know that it's important to nurture or we know that it's important to nurture um little children certainly little babies are completely innocent they're not doing anything wrong right and so therefore people that understand this that are in alignment with this they you know they know the connection that the vaccine has um with regards to all of that They know how the vaccine is reportedly tested, right? Um, and some people were talking again about something I thought was just not really occurring, but they're stating that actually in some of the cells, there are cells that are connected to um, children who were killed little babies that were killed right now that's what they're reporting back to me and I've got to check out further scientific um, information but the information I got was that that was the case with one of them but they're no longer distributing it and it's only ones that have but yet still have been through the testing process testing on little babies that were uh, killed so yeah basically because of the connection and the way that those children have been treated and then the connection with the vaccine process being linked to that you see like when we think about it, if we want to promote and look after life, it makes no sense to be involved in part of something that was the opposite of this. Do you see what I'm saying? So when something is the opposite of that and it's like actively being injected into people, having come from such a process of being directly linked to killing another being, especially an innocent, that process has also a scientific and chemical process linked to it that, that isn't separate. The only way it's slightly separate is when it's not really understood as such. So if someone doesn't have the wisdom, the concept knowledge about the vaccine, the process to how it's made, um, let's just say they are at a level of thought where they're so innocent um, and lacking in understanding. They're so simplified that they literally just see a person in a white coat or think of the NHS as, that's the NHS, they say one thing, we uh, submit to that and that's it. Um, and they just think, well, the NHS says it, so we're going to do it 
that's the way that it goes. If they don't have anything in between, like if they don't put God first or they don't have any other way of discerning or finding out their own knowledge or information, it may well be that they, they may take the vaccine innocently, not knowing and just believing and trusting. In a way, in another way, believing and trusting and submitting is actually, um, it is a form of, well, I suppose still being innocent, being guided in the way um, to their level of ability. So these people are not guilty of anything, they're not doing anything wrong inherently or on purpose. And it's important to understand that. But it's also important to understand the other end of the spectrum where there are people with a scientific, a very high scientific understanding that's godly. So they're full of wisdom from a godly sense and scientific level that that's why they will not be having it. It's very important to understand there are people with a lot of wisdom and why it's essential to listen to those that do have that level of wisdom too and not just um negate that and state well you know you just you have a lot of wisdom so that's evil and I know some people do associate like a lot of wisdom maybe perhaps with evil because of the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong of wisdom all the rest of it being associated right back at the beginning with the fall that is true but it is just part of the process which we have to give way to and understand we're we're a part of that the gift i have is that balanced with that kind of restful like truthful alignment in god to just accept and to be um yeah I do think that overall God does sort all of it out but I do think the problem is this intent when you go something or go into something with the intent and with the knowledge and the wisdom knowing that it is wrong that's where it becomes a danger to your soul so this is why there are so many people that are concerned about this because they do not want to lose their soul to the devil and they would be doing that with the amount of knowledge that they have they feel right so this is something that people have to understand about those that are in god but that they also are very you know they're very knowledgeable people they have a lot of wisdom because not because they're evil, not because, you know, they're overcomplicating all the time. It's just literally their part in the path that they're on. But both need to understand each other equally. That there are some people that are very innocent that will not go that in depth, right? It's vitally important. Um, yeah, vitally important. And that is all part of loving the neighbours to understand there are different. There's going to be different levels of wisdom. Um, and knowledge and that not either one is really completely good or bad like we need to understand that on both sides okay it's all about intent it's all about alignment it's all about the wisdom that we hold and then what we do with it so for us with that knowledge that wisdom and therefore it becomes something where we have to put the love of God even much more at the forefront like 
we have to say that's who heals, that's who, you know, um, is going to be judging everything at the end of the day of what happens and how comfortable do I feel with this knowledge with doing X, Y and Z. So I think there's just a lot of people with the knowledge that they have that are just more or most comfortable in making sure that they're following God's commands to love God with all their heart and then therefore with God's creation. Not to go against that because if they're to go against that then not only could they be pulling themselves down but they could be pulling others down as well. So it's vitally important to remember this with regards to the vaccination process. It's vitally important that the government acknowledges the ethics here and instead of saying oh We've got ourselves into this. We're just going to have to drive forward um, that this is somehow okay when now we have the information, we know that actually there has got to be another way of dealing with this and doing things. That's the route that we need to go down as a government. There needs to be, and with authorities, there needs to be a more appropriate response to... Um, the vaccination process and saying okay God is first for these individuals that is their right and also with this process there are ethical problems and challenges that have not been made satisfactory and therefore what can now be done about that this is a challenge for the scientific field like what can they do how can they make it better so that it doesn't involve testing using babies or children that have been killed like you know if for to be honest this is about the saving of life well we need to look at the holistic being the saving of the soul and the body both of these now when both of those are aligned then i think we've got a tick we have in other words we've got a yes correct good good to go set to go is it going to be aligned ethically from the spirit, the heart, the soul, the body, all the way down um, in terms of how, uh, you know, the solution is tested. God, I'm thinking, but okay, we know that there are different people on different levels that don't always get that. But we have to look at as much as we can. Like, let's look at then therefore the mental aspects of it. Is it, is it fair to treat someone like that? Is it fair to treat a body like that, you know, that you're going to test on or that you're going to um, to give this to, or, you know, every single area has to be looked at. Is it appropriate? If it's not, it can't really be something that's mandated. It can't be made um, something that's enforced if it does not have all of those checkpoints ticked off. It cannot and should not be enforced. In fact, there could be a very heavy... Um, consequence on those that try to enforce it. Extremely heavy a consequence from God and from the highest authorities. That needs to be understood and never underestimated as well. So in this case, in the instance of making sure that the government is in the right there needs to be that focus on 
the highest authority could come down like a ton of bricks. I hate to say that. And I don't mean that literally in that way, but I mean, it could be, you know, very serious unless the governments, um, our United Kingdom government, other governments around the world really start to pay attention and understand about this vaccine that you can't really get away with doing that nor treating people that way. There has to be a deeper, more um, fully aligned, godly, and if we just put it this way for those that don't understand God, a higher degree of wisdom utilised in any solution to any pandemic or anything at all in life. Very important. Otherwise, there's going to be extremely, very, very harsh consequences, I feel. So very vitally important, please consider as well that when you're speaking to people that are moving in the right way with this, you know what they're doing, that you're careful with what you say to them as well, because there could be very harsh consequences depending on how you communicate to them as well. So vitally important. And be mindful that they do have a lot of wisdom as well as godly faith. Very, very important to respect these people. So important. Okay, with that in mind, um, thank you for listening to this really long introduction, which is so vitally important. And so... (laughs) It reminds me of a time, actually... Um, of another time where the medical science field kind of took over or I allowed it to it's kind of like ministering and like um, you know in the spirit and and what could be managed in terms of that level of wisdom and, and what was thought and of course it's almost almost always a battle between good and evil God and the lesser realms and of course we know what can happen with medical fields in that situation you know when you look at that uh, same symbol, which is kind of like related to Hermes, some might say, but you know, to the angel Raphael and also to Moses with the snake twirling around there. And that kind of almost like a, it's a capturing in, it's dealing with basically the devil having run loose but also God having run loose and it's getting a balance um, and making sure that God is first there's a lot to be said with people that understand godliness in the medical field as well Um, but ultimately they are following on the Old Testament and the Moses way of doing things by action rather than having the full faith and belief that is required at a godly level so it goes you know we're talking really about literally I would say going from Judaism to Messianic Judaism to Christianity. We're talking about in a a world scientific level, we're talking of advancement even in religion, in a spiritual sense. We're talking about what is the level of, of your advancement? You know, where are you? And 
in any case, we can see this reflected in and out and through the medical field and the, the faith field. It really is very interesting. So that was my um, my talk on this and the importance of being ethical, the importance of loving God and putting um, that love as well into extension for those who are beings created by God. And that's for sure something that surely should be so, so easy with the innocent, for goodness sake, surely, surely, with the innocent, my goodness, babies, of course, it should be something that is easeful. Now, some would say, yes, but what about how those babies are formed, how they are made? Are they made in Christ and God or are they made and produced in a way where there has been a devilish or evil aspect to it? And we know that that then comes into the argument as well. Well, this is true, but ultimately all of those, especially of the innocent that haven't um, formed yet or decided upon their um, outline with further input in a godly manner or from God, still all beings, no matter how they are brought into the world, are ultimately God's creation. Some might say, well, does that mean like Satan is God, or God's creation? Of course, every aspect of being is God's creation. And this is so vitally important. But particularly for those innocent that haven't come through in the way of life. To have those different aspects of life happen, occur, and then to choose their ways. <clears throat> now... I'm going to move on um, with the next part of this broadcast in just a moment. But I'm very thankful for the fact that we do have a ministry set on those that are um, of the faith that believe. But it's now important to start speaking the words of faith. And it was vitally important also for the, the actual broadcast to be made... Um, from the the priest last night, for sure, it's so vitally important. It is great that he is such a clear um, person with regards to this, and he makes it very, very obvious. And it is also now important that we move forward in clarity, in faith, so that the words that we are speaking now, when we're going forward, are spoken truthfully, honestly, but with faith. So we need to be praying together, as the priest had said about this, we need to pray in the spirit, and we also then need to be truthful and honest. So depending what we are at, in terms of our level with the spirit, being honest, in other words, not saying peace, peace to everybody when we wish that there was or we wish that the situation had changed, in other words, and it hasn't. We need to be honest. Until we get to that point in the spirit, then we speak it. Then we speak, but not before. 
what do I sense in the spirit? So what's going on within me? What do I feel? I feel this is a very good place. I feel that it's successful that we are reaching a point where we're making this known between each other and we are at a place where we understand there's no huge condemnation for those that have gone ahead and done that or those that have advised it without, um, you know, with be- while being in the faith of God. But obviously, we know that it is really important that when we do get extra evidence coming in, we do get extra research coming in, we do get extra wisdom and we do get an extra foresight in God about something new, that we also then take that route and step forward with that so that we give information to people. We do encourage the um, medical field to rethink things in a better way. Um, we know that they've already done that with regards to like coming up with some sort of pill. But again, is that still from the same process, which is, you know, utilising babies who have been aborted, who have been killed? Is it still using that same testing process? If it is, then it hasn't really gone any further in terms of that process at all. So, you know, that's all fine and good. It's a pill, but it hasn't really come to any greater conclusion or success in terms of being something that is tested beyond that. So that's still not going to be something that's going to be acceptable. However, um, for those obviously with the, the faith in God, the wisdom to know what they need to do and all the rest of it, so that's vitally important to point out but I do feel that there is success there with us in terms of how we are communicating it our understanding for those that have well I would say that have gone ahead and and done that there is a, a level of understanding there as to why and the level of understanding with regards to how we're progressing forward I'd say is going pretty good um, but there needs to be more fervent prayer, I would say, within that and as a group to keep going forward with it. And then as we keep feeling in the spirit that we're making progress, we need to communicate that too. So we're not just communicating about the problem aspect of it, but we're communicating when we have a shift in the spirit and then in the uh, overall authorities and in the government when we're making like a full big shift and we feel that we're all getting into alignment we need to be able to talk about those successes those need to be part of the ministry too it can't just be all about the problems it needs to be about where we're having success we need to not just speak to the dry bones like perhaps some people might say like is that what the peace peace thing is about you know like God talks about someone who's, you're speaking peace to my people, but that is not the reality. Is it perhaps that some people want to be like Ezekiel and speak to dry bones? Perhaps that's not what I'm doing here right now. I am speaking of the reality and the spirit. And perhaps that's some of the differences. It depends on the perspective with regards to dry bones. Like, are you seeing this in the spirit? Do you feel this like truthfully and honestly? Or is it a dry bone situation in the spirit as well? Like for me, no, this is like fully in the spirit. Like I feel there is a great level of success there for sure. 
Um, but we need to fervently keep it going and we need to to work out. It's kind of like a plan as well, like working with it in the spirit. Like, how is it going to formulate? What are the possibilities? We almost have to become like scientists ourselves and drop down a gear too. Like, what are the possibilities for this? How can people see this um, new next step in the solution? How can a solution work for everybody in a good way? And how can the authorities our authorities take this forward as a government because we need to understand the government is there um you know has been allowed by god whether or not all the processes match up in a full godly manner that's you know we all have a part to play in that we all have to see that rather than just blaming uh uh you know we we can look back to Maccabees all we want um, but we have to understand Peter, which is the rock on which Christ built the church, who states the importance of these authorities that are in place. It's so important that we get into the New Testament as well. We know there has to be some level of resistance to the evil, but we need to understand also the the wider holistic um, sense of what's really going on and where we fit into that and how we have a responsibility from a spiritual sense rather than you know just looking at it in that way and I think there's a lot of success in that I feel that that comes across with me with the priest certainly and um, and that talking about you know us attending the mass us doing this re- you know receiving and um, the sacraments being in that level of, of grace but most importantly I'd say worship um, is vitally important that being in thanks so even having thanks for the wisdom that we have from, for the spiritual level that we have and how to take that forward is something to be very reverently thankful for um, absolutely okay you know what's going on in my mind is this um when I think about the, you know, the reigning and things, and I think, well, you could be reigning in such a way that is in the full faith of Christ and with a perspective with those um, coming from different levels, looking at things where they are with their level of wisdom, they can project whatever they want onto that. But it's about the intent, the real pure intent that comes from the purest part of the, the heart and the soul. So I know like in the past, I've always gone with what is right in God in the time, in the moment. And I still continue to do that. It's just there's an extra knowledge of there's more that can be done and leaning into that at times. And I talk about leaning into it, but it is like, as I was talking about last night, sometimes it feels like steps and stairs, like we're, like, you know, that Jacob's Ladder is like moving up, that ascension can sometimes be... you're not necessarily always leaning into something that feels comfortable at all times if there has to be a new assimilation, a new part of the process. 
but you do eventually get there. And that's that standing up. Once you've stood up upon it, I think, and you see um, more clearly. Okay. So, continuing to move on. And is Universalis, is our liturgy, is the overall church a place of um, regency in that time? You might want to say it can be, it is a place, but the, the reigning of that is, is taking that, is taking what's said, but putting the Holy Spirit first in how we move through with that. And that's what I do. So today it is um, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel and his companions are trained to be the king's servants in Babylon. Excuse the sound of that door doing that. Sky's got herself a little place to sit. Okay, it's all cozy for her. And here we are. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched on Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. With some of the furnishings of the temple of God, he took them away to the land of Shinar and stored the sacred vessels in the treasury of his own goods. gods. The king ordered Aspenhez, his chief eunuch, to select from the Israelites a certain number of boys of either royal or noble descent. They had to be without any physical defect, of good appearance, trained in every kind of wisdom, well-informed, quick at learning, suitable for service in the palace of the king. Ashpenaz himself was to teach them the language and literature of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily allowance of food and wine from his own royal table. They were to receive an education lasting for three years, after which they were expected to be fit for the king's society. Among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, who were Judeans. Daniel, who was most anxious not to defile himself with the food and wine from the royal table, begged the chief eunuch to spare him this defilement. And by the grace of God, Daniel met goodwill and sympathy on the part of the chief eunuch. But he warned Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king. He has assigned you food and drink. And if he sees you looking thinner in the face than the other boys of your age, my head will be in danger with the king because of you. At this, Daniel turned to the guard, whom the chief eunuch had assigned to Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, he said, please allow your servants a 10 days trial, during which we are given only vegetables to eat and water to drink. You can then compare our looks with those of the boys who eat the king's food. 
go by what you see and treat your servants accordingly. The man agreed to do what they asked and put them on ten days' trial. When the ten days were over, they looked and were in better health than any of the boys who had eaten their allowance from the royal table. So the guard withdrew their allowance of food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. And God favoured these four boys with knowledge and intelligence in everything connected with literature and in wisdom, while Daniel had the gift of interpreting every kind of vision and dream. When the period stipulated by the king for the boys' training was over, the chief eunuch presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king conversed with them, and among all the boys found none to equal Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they became members of the king's court, and on whatever point of wisdom or information he might question them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Okay, I'm going to talk about this. Like clearly, people are going to drop on this, upon the veggie scenario, the vegetarian or the vegan path. Not everyone that takes that path are doing it. Again, it's like the vaccination. Not everyone's doing it fully aware in what they're doing or because they've been moved by the Holy Spirit, you know, God to do. So some people are doing it for health reasons, some people because it might seem like, oh, a fun thing to try. Some people really because it does feel healthy and it is really good. So, they're, you know, they like the, um, the worldly beneficial aspects of it. But they might not be looking that far into the spiritual aspects of it. Some people might, and they look at how they're treating others as well. So it might go far more in depth than just what's talked about here in Daniel. The responsorial psalm is to you glory and praise forevermore. You are blessed, Lord God of our fathers. To you glory and praise forevermore. Blessed your glorious holy name. To you glory and praise forevermore. You are blessed in the temple of your glory. To you glory and praise forevermore. You are blessed on the throne of your kingdom. To you glory and praise forevermore. You are blessed who gaze into the depths. To you glory and praise forevermore. You are blessed in the firmament of heaven. To you glory and praise forevermore. Alleluia, alleluia. Stay awake and stand ready. Because you do not know the hour when the Son of Man is coming. Alleluia. <laughs> As I sit here enrobed in my actual dressing gown robe because I thought, Today, God willing, is going to be relaxing. Oh. But we literally do not know. We need to be awake. But awake in the spirit, most importantly. It's not always about the outside things. Um, as we see here, certain people would think that the royal um, table being set with all these certain items including meat would be what's expected and would garner the right results whereas it's not the outside in but the inside out so following the lord the king of all kings command in only eating vegetables like in daniel here 
in other words, mortifying the flesh, not just going along with what everyone else is doing and not just going along with meat. Even although this is even mentioned, you know, it's happened to Peter. He was like told to just go hunt, basically, go kill, eat. There are unique sets of circumstances and unique commands given to certain people that are chosen. So when that occurs, again, like if it's not for you and you're not being called to do it, don't do something just because everyone else is doing it. It's the same with meat eating. Don't do it just because everyone else is doing it. Don't just eat vegetables alone just because it's in Daniel or because other people or everyone else is doing it. You have to feel it in the spirit. It has to be unique and truthful. For me, there was no one else telling me outside of myself to go vegan. No one else said to me in a group, do this. This was from God. And I watched and saw the consequences and the reactions thereof because I was going through an ascension with it. It wasn't something I was necessarily um, comfortable with um, emotionally because it was a difference. It was a change and it was probably calling others outside of their own comfort zones, in which case when the rest of the world, it's like your body the body of Christ and the body of people, when that happens with them, they don't necessarily want to see that change. It's a conversion. It's something that takes time, just like the digestive system takes time. It can take time with the body of Christ or with the, the others in the court, in the, the house of God, in and around us, with our friends, etc., with other people around the world. It can take time to come to understanding of that. But it has to come from a true and honest place because God will unfold the whys and the reasons and the benefits and they will be when it's something, not necessarily just this, not just eating vegetables, but whatever it is that God calls, if you're doing it truthfully and honestly, it will unfold in clarity. You will gain greater clarity with why you're being asked to do a certain thing. But that's going to be different for different people. It's going to be different for different people. At times, perhaps. And the gospel, according to Luke chapter 21, the widow's might. As Jesus looked up, he saw rich people putting their offerings into the treasury. Then he happened to notice a poverty-stricken widow putting in two small coins, and he said, I tell you truly, this poor widow has put in more than any of them, for these have all contributed money they had over. But she, from the little she had, has put in all she had to live on. We don't know what people are putting in behind the scenes and what they are doing. Sometimes it is our full presence, like God may have... Um, certain people in place like for example I was thinking about this last night like I don't put money like the thought of money or money first like I'm always putting the spirit first so I never put the materials before the spirit I always put the spirit first before all the materials right that's my first point of contact is God that's why I'm chosen hello so because of that it means that my resources or my 
um, my money or my provisions. That's all like the second thought thereafter. That is not like the first priority. The first priority is God. And then the material aspects of the world, as I say, thereafter. So sometimes I am going like, <clears throat> this is, you know, this is part of the faith. This is part of the calling. Sometimes I'm going with my resources and I'm literally going in the faith of God. Like, I don't know if that resource is going to take me to that point to do this and that and the next thing. And it might mean that I am fully reliant on God for the next stages but I trust God fully. That's why I'm chosen, because I trust God fully with whatever is given. Sometimes I can't even see that in the reality. Like I'm like, that is not going to make logical sense as to being a resource which will allow for that particular situation to occur or for me to be able to do this for this group of people or that. But I have been shown the way and ministered to in the spirit and have found each and every time that going in the spirit, always by putting God first, God will always make that way. If it is a will of God, God will make that way. In that time, there is always provision allowed for and it's like well I could have anything I want in the world um, right at my fingertips with regards to this but working it out and going through it in this way by putting the spirit first means that I'm only doing that which is truly 100% in the call rather than like everything and anything and being like everywhere else <laughs> But it is, we are everywhere at all times with regards to being in the spirit and communion, if you look at it that way. Um, but some people, you know, they are like spiritually rich in the way of God. And so they are able to give it that level of faith. So we might actually say that that widow is actually more rich in faith than those others who aren't able to answer all the calls of God, to give fully, knowing that God will supply and continue to supply. If they're always holding like a lot back, it may suggest that they are not rich in the faith. Not always, but it may suggest that, that she is actually more rich in the faith. So it's important to understand as we talk about these things, that about wealth and that, the most important wealth is that of our faith and our obedience in God. That is the real wealth. So, I've got another lot of readings for the memorial. Hosea, chapter 2. I will betroth you to myself forever. The Lord says this. I am going to lead her out into the wilderness and speak to her heart. There, 
she will respond to me as she did when she was young. As she did when she came out of the land of Egypt, I will betroth you to myself forever, betroth you with integrity and justice, with tenderness and love. I will betroth you to myself with faithfulness and you will come to know the Lord. And so that's this understanding of like, I suppose the widow, like when everything else is a way we talked about this as well. Like those that leave such and such in my name will be given so much more, but will also receive persecution with it. It's that same scenario. We discussed this a little bit last night and my friend was talking about, yeah, that's like when people are being led, you know, to God, like to be a nun or a priest. And I was like, yep, uh-huh. And mm-hmm. there are many ways of looking at it, but kind of suggest with my life that that's kind of pretty much, you know, And so, I mean, I don't mean all these stories that we're saying, that's pretty much my language, just meaning like, yes, being drawn to God is, is absolutely um, my life for sure. But you could be being led in that way that everything else has to be cleared out in certain ways, certain times. It doesn't mean forever. Sometimes it might, but it's a way of being closer. Like I would never be able to be this close to God and to have this wisdom and to narrowcast or broadcast if it weren't for the fact that I listen to the call and I put God first rather than just being in certain situations or just being around with certain people or just having certain like items or having certain riches materially. Like if I put that first, I would never be able to be chosen by God because I wouldn't have that relationship. I would be too focused on the material aspects of the world, on the situations of the world, on the thingness of the world. I wouldn't be able to move through with this great clarity. So it's that betrothal that simplicity in the spirit that allows for that. And so that's part of, you know, what Daniel was doing is simplifying even down their their diet, what they're eating, mortifying the flesh, not going on the worldly ways, but going on the faith of God that no matter what they're going to eat, the faith of God is going to be far more important and productive for them than any outside material wealth, food, thing, situation. They had to go to a different level. They had to simplify their life. Listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. Listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. Forget your own people and your father's house. So will the king desire your beauty? He is your lord. Pay homage to him. Listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. 
The daughter of the king is clothed with splendour, her robes embroidered with pearls set in gold. She is led to the king with her maiden companions. Listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. They are escorted amid gladness and joy. They pass within the palace of the king. Sons shall be yours in place of your fathers. You will make them princes over all the earth. Listen, O daughter, give ear to my words. Does I read that? I'm reading that from Psalm 44. Just so you know, when you're thinking my reading to my daughter, this is God reading. This is rather a reading from Psalm 44. So God's words to us. To those that hear it and to the chosen what we need to do in terms of coming out from perhaps what we've known and stepping into something new and giving full faith to God, just believing. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 25. The wise and foolish virgins. Jesus told this parable to his disciples. The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were sensible. The foolish ones did take their lamps, but they brought no oil. Whereas the sensible ones took flasks of oil as well as their lamps. The bridegroom was late and they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight there was a cry. The bridegroom is here. Go out and meet him. At this, all those bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. But they replied, There may not be enough for us and for you. You had better go to those who sell it and buy some for yourselves. They had gone off to buy it. And when the bridegroom arrived, those who were ready went in with him to the wedding hall and the door was closed. The other bridesmaids arrived later. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you solemnly, I do not know you. So stay awake because you do not know either the day or the hour. Now, some of us, we start thinking about this when we hear about these, the wise and the foolish virgins. And we think of the lamps being trimmed and we start to get our minds into overdrive about when are times when we physically had to get something physical ready. Um, but this is so important to understand again once more. This is not drawing on the physical world in terms of actual oil in our lamps and burning that. It's just to give an example that we can see in our mind's eye and understand clearly. But it's far higher than that. It's not about the physical oil. Our God is more than that. The bridegroom that we have is more than that. He can overcompensate. He has the oil. And our cup runneth over when we have. And be a witness. Spiritually. To him.